today and tomorrow we're wrapping up our series that we've been in the month of December called The Carols of Christmas, where each week we're looking at a different Christmas carol and the significance behind the lyrics. And tomorrow night, once again, I hope you'll join us. We're going to be looking at one of my favorite carols and really the favorite of people in this congregation when we polled everybody, Oh Holy Night. That's what we're going to be looking at tomorrow night. But this morning we're going to be looking at another one of my favorite carols, and that is Joy to the World. And now, when we kicked off the series in early December, I made a confession that, you know what, even though I know these songs and I learned them growing up and I sing them all the time, that I didn't know all the words to the songs. And some people tried to make fun of me for that and say, how can you not know the words? You know, you're a pastor, you're supposed to know everything, and not really. So people were making fun of me saying, you know what, like, you don't really know the words, like, that's embarrassing. And I said, you know what, I don't know that everybody actually knows the words. And so I thought, I'm going to test people. So I've been testing people to see if they knew the words to some of the Christmas carols that we sing all year round, that we hear on the radio all the time. And so I decided I would test out our staff at Harvest Point. And so I did what we call reverse caroling, and that's where I show up to them and make them sing me a Christmas carol. So I invite you to sit back and watch this. So I'm currently at Oscar, a.k.a. Clark Griswold's house, and his family is coming home soon, and I'm about to hide by the front door and hit him with the reverse caroling. I hope I'm safe. Oh. Hey. hey what's up? So we're reverse caroling, so I need the Smith family to sing me a Christmas carol. <laughs> reverse caroling. Yeah. Alright, what are we gonna sing? We wish you, you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> hey, I got a quick question. We're, I'm doing reverse caroling, so I need y'all to sing a Christmas carol. Yeah, good luck with that. But you need people that sing in order to do that. Right now, yeah, yeah. yeah. sing a carol. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in the one horse open sleigh. Hey! Reverse Christmas carol. Uh, what song do you want me to sing? Pick one. Uh, what's it? I, I don't know. Um, uh, oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the starry skies go by. That was so close. Hey, BJ, one thing everybody's been doing, we're doing reverse caroling, so you have to sing us a Christmas carol. <laughs> Anyone you want. I saw mommy singing, kissing Santa Stop. Frenchie, we're doing reverse caroling. So we're doing reverse caroling. Caroling. That? So that means you have to sing a Christmas carol. Sing one for us. Joy to the world, the Lord is King. Let earth receive his praise. I don't remember the words. Let every voice. Why did I pick a song that I don't know the words? Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and nature sing. Let heaven and heaven and nature sing. Yeah, so I'm currently at I'm not the only person 
who doesn't know the words to these songs. And um, actually, we're going to call on some of you. No, we're not going to call on anybody here this morning, so it's okay. You're off the hook. But a lot of times in this season, we hear these songs on the radio. They're playing in the background. We grew up with them. But a lot of times in just the craziness and the chaos, we don't actually think about the words that we're singing in the midst of everything going on in this season, a season that's often called a season of joy. And you know what? For me, a lot of times it is a season of joy and of happiness. As you saw in that video, I had some peanut brittle in my hand. I was so happy that I had some peanut brittle and I'm just eating it, you know, as I'm hanging out at my house during Christmas, watching Christmas movies. I mean, some of y'all, you know, this is the time of the year where you have like work parties and you actually get to have fun with the people that you work with and smile a little bit and relax. You know, a lot of people shopping brings them great joy. Other people, it brings them dread and, you know, they hate it. But other people, it brings them joy. There's the cooking, there's the baking, and then throughout all of it, in the background, there's always a Hallmark movie on that inevitably ends with everybody happy and joyful and loving one another, right? I mean, that's the season that a lot of times we find ourselves in. But if you've been through Christmas before, which everybody in here has been, then you know that in this season of joy when there's all these festivities and celebrations, that once the vacation days run out, once the after Christmas shopping is done, once the tree is thrown in the backyard or thrown in the attic or somewhere else, once everything's put away, then a lot of times it kind of feels like the Christmas joy fades as well. It's like as our vacation days and our budgets run out at the end of the month, so does our joy. And for a lot of people, you have to admit that this is a very tough season. While there's a lot of people celebrating and really joyful and happy with everything going on, for a lot of other people, they're grieving. They're grieving the loss of loved ones and thinking about how, you know, this year with a chronic illness or being in the hospital, things aren't the same as they've been in years past. While some people, their family brings a great source of joy to them, other people, when they get together with their family, they're reminded of old wounds and bad things that have happened to them. For some, it's a source of joy, but for other people, it's like the joy has already run out even before we get to the Christmas season. And so in this environment, in this world that we live in, how can we sing a song like joy to the world? How can we sing a song like joy to the world, not just in December when, when things are, are fun and happy and we get time off work? How can we sing it the other 11 months of the year? How can we sing joy to the world in a world that is filled with so much chaos and violence like ours is? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning as we dive deeper into the lyrics and into the scripture that the song joy to the world is based on. And now most of you in here are probably familiar with Joy to the World. You maybe learned it growing up in church or in kids' choir or just have it on the radio in the background during the season. And it's a very old song. It was written in 1719 by a man named Isaac Watts. Isaac Watts, he grew up in church. And during that time in church history, most churches, what they would do is they would sing the Psalms. And so these Old Testament psalms, they would simply put them to music and they would sing them. But what Isaac Watts found when he was growing up was he, he found that it was kind of emotionless. And he found that there wasn't much joy to it. And so he complained like any good kid to his father about it. And he's like, look, I don't like this that's going on in church. And you know what his dad said? Like a good parent, why don't you do something about it? And so he challenged him to go and to do something about it. And Isaac Watts did. He began writing him. After him, after him. 
and a lot of them have endured until today, Enjoy to the World is one of the most famous hymns that he ever wrote. And while a lot of us associate Joy to the World with the season of Christmas, it's actually not based on the Christmas stories and the birth of Jesus Christ. It's actually based on his reading and interpretation of Psalm 98. And so when he was reading Psalm 98, he, he saw how this connected with the coming of Jesus Christ. And then he put Psalm 98 into the lyrics of Joy to the World. And so I want to share with you from Psalm 98 some of these verses that he based the song on. And I want you to hear how they correspond. Beginning in verse 4. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. I want you to notice what the psalm and what the song is not saying. They don't say, shout for joy all the earth because everything is going your way. Let the mountains sing together for joy because people are finally good and kind to each other. Joy to the world, the shopping is done. Joy to the world, the person I voted for reigns. Look, if you notice, it doesn't say anything like that. Instead, over and over again in this psalm and in this song, what we find is that joy is connected with the coming of the Lord, with Jesus Christ. In verse 6, we read this, Shout for joy before the Lord. The king, in verses 8 and 9, let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. This psalm and this song point us to the truth that joy isn't something that we can just manufacture within ourselves. Joy isn't a gift that the world gives to us. Joy is a gift that is connected with Jesus Christ. And joy comes into the world with the arrival of Jesus. You see, Jesus brings joy. And I don't know about for you, but for me, that's good news. That's good news because that means I don't have to manufacture feelings of joy when things in my life are going poorly. It means I don't have to wake up and try a little bit harder to get joy or, or think, you know what, if I get an unexpected phone call or my bank account runs out, that then somehow my joy is going to be gone. That means I don't have to worry about those things because Jesus is the one who brings joy into the world and into my world, and Jesus has an unlimited supply of joy. And when we look at Jesus' coming into this world, that very first Christmas, we find from the very first moments that he was bringing joy to the world. Actually, when he was in his mother's womb, when he was in Mary's womb, he was bringing joy to other babies in the womb. I don't know if you've ever caught that in the Christmas story. In Luke chapter 1, verse 44, 
Mary finds out she's pregnant, and so she goes to her relative Elizabeth's house. She greets Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says this, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb, that's John the Baptist there, he leaped for joy. And then last week, as we looked at the story of the angels coming to the shepherds, we found that the angels said this. They said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Messiah. He is the Lord. From his first moments in this world, Jesus was bringing people joy. And for those shepherds and for the other Jewish people in that time, he was bringing them great joy and hope and anticipation because he was the Messiah. He was the long-awaited ruler that they had hoped for that would come and set everything right in the kingdoms of this world. He was the one they had been waiting for, and so they were joyful and they were expectant. Some of you might remember in the Christmas story, there's a character named Caesar Augustus. Y'all remember his name? So he was a Roman ruler at the time. And you might remember his name, but you might not know this, that historians, and as they've gone back in archaeological digs and other things, they found inscriptions that describe Caesar Augustus as the Son of God, the Savior, the Lord, and one who ends war. Those were things that people in their time were saying about Caesar Augustus. And so you can imagine the Jewish people, they knew that these things weren't true about him because they were living under his oppression. They knew that God was going to one day send a true Lord, a true Savior, one who would really bring peace. And when Jesus came into the world and they heard the angels make this announcement, they found that the one who brings true joy, the true Messiah, was here in their midst. And as Jesus lived his life, he continued to bring joy. Through his life, death, and resurrection, he brought joy to people as he established his kingdom of joy, his kingdom of peace, his kingdom of love in this world. And, and through his death and resurrection, he brought joy to people, joy to the world, as we were able to have a new relationship with God because of him, because of his sacrifice and his resurrection. Jesus is bringing, has been bringing joy to the world since his very first arrival. But the good news for you and I today is that he didn't just bring joy to the world back then, but that he also brings joy to the world today, and he can bring joy to your world, and he can bring joy to my world. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a pastor in Nazi Germany. And while a lot of Christians and churches were actually siding with Hitler and going with him, some churches resisted. And Bonhoeffer was a pastor in one of those churches, and so ultimately he was locked up in prison. And he was a great theologian who left behind many writings, but one of the writings he left behind were some of his letters from prison. And in a letter dated November 21st, 1943, Bonhoeffer wrote this. He said, life in a prison cell may well be compared to Advent. One waits, hopes, and does this or that or the other. Things that are really of no consequence. For the door is shut. And it can only be opened from the outside. And I love that image that he gives. 
this image of, of our world. Locked in darkness, brokenness, and sin, and death. And there's only a sliver of light underneath the cell door. But that very first Christmas, Jesus' arrival into this world, he comes with the keys and he opens the door. He unlocks it from the outside. He comes, he embraces us. He embraces the world in the midst of its darkness. And then he says, come and follow me. I'm gonna take you out of this darkness into light. Jesus comes and he offers freedom. He offers forgiveness. He offers newness of life. He says, come follow me out of the darkness into the light. And he makes that offer for you and for me even Today, and I don't know about you, but I've never, been in, I've never been in prison. I've never been locked up at this, up until this point in my life. And I'll just say this. Look, if I've ever been locked up or i ever locked up, if somebody came to the prison cell, they had the keys, they unlocked the door, and they opened it, and they said to me, Hey, I've paid your debt. Hey, I, I've taken care of, uh, of the penalty that, that you had. Your, your sentence has, has been waived. I've paid the cost. If they said that and they said, hey, come follow me. Let's go. Let's go to Waffle House. It's Christmas. If they said that to me, you know what I would do? I would jump for joy. I would jump for joy. I would clap like Thomas down here on the front row. He knows what I'm talking about. I would jump for joy. I would celebrate. I would probably sing joy to the world. The Savior has Come, someone has come to give me freedom, to move me from this darkness and this captivity into the newness of life, into light. And guess what? That's what Jesus has done for each of us through his incarnation, through his arrival into this world. He has come and he is offering each of us freedom. All we have to do is to follow him, to follow him out of that darkness, to turn from that darkness and move towards the light. And he promises that he will be with us and he will never leave nor forsake us. And in the midst of everything going on in these next 48 hours, and in the midst of all the gifts that you're gonna get, maybe some of them are gonna be great, maybe some are gonna be terrible, and you wonder why people wasted their time and their money. In the midst of all of that, you and I know that those gifts are ultimately gonna fade away. They're gonna be thrown in a closet somewhere. We'll forget about them soon enough. But this gift that Jesus offers us, this gift of life, of freedom, this gift of joy, this is something that will last forever. And this is something that you and I can each have because Jesus brings joy. He brings joy even as the darkness is trying to pull us back into that cell even as the darkness tries to cling on to us, because that's the reality of our world we have to acknowledge. That even though the light of the world has come into the world, there's still darkness. There's still suffering. There's still loss. There's still sin. There's still oppressive governments. There's, there's still systems of injustice. All those things are still hanging on, and they try to cling to us. That's the reality that we live in. And Isaac Watts, he knew this reality when he was writing the song. When he was writing Joy to the World, he knew that there was still darkness in this world and that it was a hard song to sing at different times. He knew this because he struggled with physical illness. He struggled with mental illness that ultimately took him out of ministry. 
He once proposed to a woman, and the woman rejected him because of his physical appearance. And as he was doing innovative things in the church, like writing new songs and new hymns, guess what? Not everybody liked it, and a lot of people rejected him and what he was doing. He knew that there was still darkness in this world. You know that there is still darkness in this world. You've been stepped on. Some of you have been abused. You've faced injustice. You've seen the brokenness and the darkness that clings to us in this world, even though Jesus has come. And that's because you and I live in this in-between time. We live in between Christ's first arrival, his first advent, and his future arrival, his second advent, when he will come again in final victory. And I don't know if you've ever actually looked very closely at the lyrics of Joy to the World, but as I said earlier, it's, it's not actually a Christmas song. It's actually about the future advent, the future arrival of Jesus in this world. If you notice the song, that, the, the line that most of us know, Joy to the World, the Lord is come. He is coming into the world. It's not joy to the world, the Lord has come. It's joy to the world, the Lord is come. Because Isaac Watts wants us to see that while Jesus has brought joy into this world, while he's brought light, he's offering freedom and forgiveness, that until that day when he comes and reigns in final victory, as the song says, he rules with truth and grace, until that day... None of us will experience the fullness of joy and the fullness of freedom that he has for us. But on that day, when he does come in final victory, there will be full joy. There will be full freedom. There will be full liberation for all of those in Christ. Really, Isaac Watts is pointing us back to John's revelation, which we find in in chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, where he says this, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. On that day, when the darkness has been judged by a righteous judge and it's been fully extinguished, there will be pure joy. The rocks, the hills, the plains, everything else in the song that's mentioned, all of those things, all of creation will shout for joy. And you and I, we can live with hope for that future day. We can live with hope knowing that one day everything will be made right. One day the Lord will truly come in final victory. Everything will be made right. And until that day, we can have joy knowing that until that day, Jesus is with us and his power and his presence are guiding us. So in these next 48 hours, where some of you are going to families you love, some of you are juggling lots of complicated things, eating good food, exchanging gifts, all of that stuff. I want to ask one thing of you as your pastor. I want to ask, as the song says, for you to make room. To make room in your heart for Jesus this Christmas. To make room in your celebrations 
for Jesus this Christmas. And, and that could look like simply spending time in prayer on Christmas Day, thanking God for Jesus Christ. Maybe it's opening up the Bible and reading the Christmas stories again as your family. Maybe it's joining us in worship tomorrow evening as we celebrate Christ's arrival. I want to invite you to prepare room in your heart and in your life for Jesus. Because all of the other stuff will fade away with the season. And the happiness and, and all the Christmas joy ultimately fade away. But when you have Jesus in your heart and when you have Jesus in your life, he brings true joy that's everlasting. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you that he brought joy with his first arrival into this world, that he brings joy into our lives now as he sets us free from sin and moves us towards the light and to the new life that he has for us. And God, we thank you for Jesus that one day he will come again and that everything will be made right. And God, until that day comes, we pray that you would make us agents of joy, people who have Jesus in our lives and who then go out and share him with everybody else. God, we pray that our, our celebrations, even though they're mingled with, with grief, with loss, and with other complicating factors, God, we pray that deep down beneath all of those things that we would have your everlasting joy. And God, we pray that we would experience it now. We ask all of these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. I invite you to stand and sing once again, joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let us receive a King. Let every heart prepare Him, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations proud. The glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love let's proclaim it here we go joy to the world the lord is come